Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy beans, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Nerd Stadia podcast. I'm your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well, hope you're all good, as per usual. Before we get into today's topic, I just want to do a bit of housekeeping, because I like to keep my household clean. Um, make sure that you follow me on Twitter at nerdstadic underscore pod to be kept up to date on everything and anything that I am doing. Also, if you listen to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Press that notification bell to be notified whenever I release a new episode every Sunday. Um, it will really benefit me. I'm at 127 subs as recording this, so we're almost at 130. Can we get there before Chris, well, Christmas Day, New Year's? We will see. So that helped me out immensely. So today we're going to be talking about the third Doctor Who 60th anniversary special, The Giggle. A quick reintroduction to anybody who is jumping in here. Um, for the past two weeks, I've been covering the 60th anniversary specials for Doctor Who, which involves uh, David Tennant as the 14th Doctor and... Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. If you want to go back and check those out, I have an episode uh, breaking down the Star Beast and I have an episode of breaking down last week's episode, Well Boo Yonder. So if you haven't checked them out, please do. Uh, those episodes are actually doing really, really well, both on Spotify and on YouTube, um, which is absolutely wonderful. So I just want to say everybody who has listened to those episodes, um, thank you very, very much. Thank you for sharing them. Thank you for retweeting them. I've had a lot of people on Twitter just just out, out of nowhere, and it's really, really lovely when people do this. Um, generally, just uh, posting the episodes on, on their on like, tweeting, shall we say, or Xing as as it's called now, even though it's that silly. Um, the episodes on their thing, I'm saying, oh, well, I'm just watching uh, Luke from that such projects episode. Check it out. Every little helps, and I just want to say I'm really thankful and appreciative to everybody who's done that. It means so, so much to me. Um, also, I do want to apologise. I've had some people's feedback saying the episodes are really, really long. Why are they so long? I, they all mean it in jest. They all mean it as, as a joke. Um, I'm trying my best. I do apologise. It's most the introduction, which is why... Uh, the episodes are so long because I pre-record all the episodes in the morning because it is currently the 9th of December at 11.52 in the morning and I am recording it so that uh, when tonight's episode comes out I can you know, jump on it straight away and get the episode out as, as soon as possible really so that's why they're so long because I do long introductions <laughs> so I do apologise there but I am listening to, you, to your feedback but um Moving on swiftly, because I'll be here all day. I just want to say thank you again to everybody who has um, watched my coverage of these specials and have shared them. Um, and if you haven't, if you're jumping into the giggle, uh, expect spoilers. Uh, if you haven't listened, watched the episodes or if you haven't listened to my reviews of the new episodes, please do go back and watch those episodes and listen to um, my, my reviews on them uh, before you jump into this one. Because there's going to be a lot, potentially a lot of spoilers for what's come before. So I don't want to give anybody anything away. I don't want to spoil for anyone. But for anybody who's still here, who is still listening, let's uh, move on swiftly. So first of all, I, I want to begin. I just want to do my reflections on Wild Blue Yonder. Um, since actually I've, I've watching the episode, I've, I've now seen it twice. Um, I watched it uh, about an hour ago before I started recording. I wanted to get like a, a refresh of the episode to take me straight into tonight's one. 
So I've seen it twice now. And on reflection, I still think it's a good episode. It's not the best episode in the world. It's not as it's not perfect, but I still enjoy it. You know, I feel like when my when I first my first initial impressions, I think I was still in shock. I think everything was still very much up in the air. Like, oh my god, I can't believe what I just saw. It was the thing mixed in with um, Event Horizon, two movies that I love, especially Event Horizon, incredibly underrated. Um, I had those feelings, and I love when Doctor Who goes in the the horror genre and they go really spooky and stuff like that. Um, and on reflection and, and watching it over again, I still think it's a good episode, but. Um, it's it, again. It has it has it, you know a bit of a, you know it has its jankiness, but again that's that's Doctor Who at the end of the day. But I still overly enjoy it. If I had to put it in a list currently, it's Wild Blue Yonder and the Star Beast, and then we'll see it tonight uh, when the giggle comes out where the giggle matches up there. But my reflections on the episode is that I still enjoy it. I still like it. Yeah, you know the CGI is a bit jank and a bit silly at times, but you know what? As a Doctor Who fan, you grow to love that. You know that's kind of what you. Like whenever you watch classic episodes of Doctor Who, you know that the sets are going to be wonky, that you're going to lean on something, it's going to shake and wobble. And it's the same for like the um, 2000, the revival at in 2005 and onwards. It was, you know, it was a bit jank. You know, and the CGI wasn't great. I always people should be saying about the CGI of this episode. I'm like, do you anybody remember the Lazarus experiment? You know, the episode with Donna. Um, I mean, not Donna, Martha Jones and the Doctor. They go to a party, and you've got Doctor Lazarus, and he turns himself into something from Dead Space. You know, and remember the CGI in that? That was the worst. That was like probably the worst I've ever seen in Doctor Who ever. You know what I mean? Um, but moving back onto the episode, I still think. World Blue Yonder, even though it wasn't the best, and like from watching um, clips online with like Rusty Davis, was like, look, the, the the main reason why I kept this episode the secret is not just because it was like some big um, thing happened in it. It was mostly the fact that I wanted to have at least one episode, one special where we knew nothing about, where it wasn't uh, teased or it wasn't hit, like um, spoiled. It was just like there somewhere and we don't know where they are, and we're going to together discover what happens. Um, because really, if you break the episode down, it is Dr. Diner, land on a ship, um, get stranded, meet a hostile alien, um, and then beat the alien and then leave before the ship blows up, basically. And you break it down that way, it doesn't sound that interesting, but then when you actually watch the episode, you're like, ah, there's actually a lot more to it. There's a lot more nuance, and there's a lot more uh, reflections of, of oneself. You know, There was a lot of moments in the episode where the Doctor could reflect from looking at himself like that inner look, sort of the outer body experience of like, is this how I am? Is this how I act? Is this how I think and feel? And that sort of thing. And it's the same for Donna, and they have... And again, we had the personal moments between the Doctor and Donna, even if it was the blank versions of Doctor or the blank version of Donna. Um, still, you had that reflection between between the real versions. Okay, it's going to get confusing already. Between the real versions um, and how they feel and think and, and X, X, Y, and Z. Um, so, my overall sort of reflections on the episode is that I, I liked it. I thought it was really, really good, and I, I just don't feel like it deserved the hate that it got. But I still don't think it's as special as people as as it, it could have been. But again, that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, I I, I enjoyed it. And I had fun and I got lost in the sort of inertia of it. And that's what matters at the end of the day. Anyway, um, moving on to the sort of viewership of the episode. I did this for uh, the Star Beast and I thought it'd be interesting to look at it again uh, for Wild Blue Yonder. So we're looking at the actual 
viewing figures of how the episode did. So um, the viewing figures are in for Doctor Who's second, uh, ep second episode of the 60th anniversary special, well beyond that, which aired uh, on the night of Saturday, the 22nd of December. The episode had an overnight rating of 4.83 million views, according to figures quoted by the BBC Entertainment correspondent, uh, Liza Muzaba, uh, uh, which makes a slight dip when compared to the first of the 60th anniversary specials, The Star Beast. Uh, the Star Beast became the biggest drama launch of 2023, as well as achieving the biggest overnight ratings for audiences of the science fiction um, show. Um, the viewing figures for World Beyond are yet to be taken into account the amount of people who watch the show via catch-up, which will be available in the next uh, seven days. Um, so on the night, the episode actually got 4.83 million uh, TV viewers. Um, strictly, again, they won with 7.82 million, and Alma Celebrity got 5.05 million. Um, as of as ever, the seven-day and 28-day uh, considerations will be more significant figures um so the episode was seen less but again we don't really well we do probably currently have the data but i couldn't find it uh, so they must hide it i don't know where they hide it but i can't find it but um we don't have obviously the viewing figures of people who watch it on catch up because again i know a lot of people uh, and i said this last week as well the problem with Rock 2 at the moment it's on at 6 30 most people are either still at work or are out busy christmas shopping um, they're, they're out at friends' house, parties, blah, 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 whatever you do on a weekend. Um, a lot of people are not in at 6.30. I've got a lot of friends who are at work who have to, who miss the episodes live and have to like dodge Twitter and dodge the internet until they get home um, so they can watch the episodes either that night when they get home or the next day. Um, and I feel like that's the reason why I think... It, my personal opinion is one you're putting it on a time frame that um is kind of silly really if you're going to put it on you've got to put it on like seven o'clock or even better yet half seven eight o'clock that'd be the best time in my opinion for doctor who so you put it on a, on a later time um you get it out the way of strictly because as we all know as i mentioned last week strictly is going to get the viewership because it's it's an it's a show that mostly attracts the older audience really when i say older i mean grandparents so on and so forth it's going to attract those ones it's going to be something that the older people who don't have work who are retired um or are more chilled out who don't want to go out anywhere will be at home on the bbc watching those episodes not to call anybody's grandparents out if i have done i apologize but again you've got older people who haven't got much to do so they're going to stay at home and watch strictly it's a thing my nan does it and whenever strictly's on we all shut up and we all watch we can't talk it's kind of like me when i watch doctor who right um so obviously that's going to have the most viewership i'm a celebrity again i'm a celebrity is a big thing it's, it's going to get loads of views because again it's more mainstream it's something that any, anybody and everybody can watch and enjoy it's not sort of you don't have to be a fan of it you can just like watch it halfway through the uh, halfway through the season and enjoy celebrities uh, eating bugs and stuff like that. So, again, that's going to be more popular. As for the dip, I, I don't think it's anything to do with the Star Beast. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I just think generally is the fact of, again, we have all this hype. We have all this build-up that you need to watch Doctor Who. Doctor Who's coming back, the Star Beast, new episode. David Tennant, XYZ, it's coming back. You've got to watch it, right? It's that big hype. It's that big, like, oh, oh I've got to watch it. I can't miss it. So, of course, you're going to have huge viewing figures on day one because you always, every episode or every every show will have day one uh, viewings are really, really good. Um, 
But I think, again, like the fact of Wobbly Yonder, we didn't know much about it. It was a secret, wasn't really talked about. Of course, you're going to get a drop-off where people are like, well, we don't really know much about it. There's no real big hype in it. There was no like trailer at the end of the Star Beast to really hype up what we see in Wobbly Yonder as there was. Because that, for me, when I was growing up, that was the biggest thing, was the fact of I'm going to watch, say, uh, an episode and at the end of the episode at the end of the credits it'll be next time and then you get to see the uh, the doctor with his companion go off on, on another adventure and i love that because it got me hyped for what next week could be and it got me excited we didn't have that with, with the end of star beast so there was nothing to hype up anybody for wobbly yonder so unless you was a hardcore fan who was like yes i'm going to watch it i've read doctor Who magazine and i've i follow it on on tiktok and youtube and x y and z and and twitter and i'm going to be there day one Fair enough. If you're that kind of fan like me, then you then you was to know. If you were just a casual fan or you're getting into it new, there's nothing to really get you hyped up for like, oh, next week. You know what I mean? So, of course, there's going to be a drop. But I feel like what set Bob Huyanda off differently is the fact that at the end of the episode, we get a hint at next week's episode, well, this week's episode, shall we say, um, which is the giggle. And we get to see the Celestial toy make, And we get to see... Um, yeah, uh, unit properly we get to see um uh, donna's family come back we get to see um the new science officer of unit and so on and so forth like we get to get hints of things that are going to happen in this episode so it, i feel again i might be wrong we'll see you know when we get the viewership i feel like the gill will do better tonight because one We've already had the sort of preview for the casual fans who people who've caught up with uh while beyond to um sort of go back watch it and then they finally get to the end of the episodes and get to see oh next week it's the final it's the last episode it's the grand finale we're going to see the um celestial toy maker the doctor potentially you know as we saw we've got to regenerate and we're going to get shooty and it, it leaves it hyped so i feel like the giggle will be the the episode that will bring a lot of people in and get them excited and hyped um for uh doctor who moving forwards that's my thoughts and feelings i just wanted to sort of break the, the viewerships down but we'll see we'll see what happens tonight um as for tonight's episode the giggle um uh, my thoughts on what the episode could be about um obviously we know that we're going to finally see the celestial toy maker which i'm excited to see because we haven't seen the toy maker in 60 years in a very very long time since we last saw the toy maker when he he and um hartnell and Stephen um and i forget the other companion's name um the, the woman, what's her name now? No, I want to, I, the gun's out of my mind. But when the Doctor and his companions are, are taken by the Celestial Toymaker and are made to do um, games, play games, basically. And the whole thing with Celestial Toymaker, and why I find him so fascinating is the fact of the toy maker, he is a, he's like a mega or he's, he's ever, he's like a god, really. He's ever powerful and that he can create universes and he can, these little universes that he makes, he makes them to play games, and he, anything and anything that he wants in these universes uh, will happen. You know, he can make things happen. He can make people appear that have uh, died or passed. Blah blah. blah. Um, he's so powerful, um, and obviously, as you know, if you've seen the classic ones, and obviously the Doctor defeats him, and then we never saw him again, unless you read Big Finish or listened to Big Finish, shall I say, and the, the Toy Maker has appeared in Big Finish and things like that, um, and also. The toy maker appears in my Tales of Terror, um, which is my Halloween Doctor Who um, short story collection. 
book. Um, but he doesn't really appear much otherwise. And that's last time we saw him. So him to come back now, played by Neil Patrick Harris, who I love. I think he's a fantastic actor. Um, I'm really, really excited. I'm hoping his version of Celestial Toymaker, because we haven't really seen. They have, like, they've released on TikTok and, and YouTube snippets of um, this episode. And I've been trying my best not to watch them. Uh, it's been really hard not to. Um, so I've only seen small parts. But we haven't really properly seen unless you have already, if, you, if you're if you unlike me and you don't have restraint, um, you probably have or haven't seen what um, his sort of uh, transition, transition, yeah, of the substance is going to be like. I'm hoping it's going to be like Count Olaf. I'm going to hopefully that he's mischievous, he's evil, he's comedic, he is cruel, but, you know, comes off as kind sort of thing. So, like, I want that, I want to Count Olaf sort of when, Obviously, when he did um, Series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix, which I haven't watched it again, go watch that. It's fantastic. And read the books. They're great as well. Um, but his, his version of Count Olaf on the screen was really, really good. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for like a Count Olaf-y Doctor Who sort of twist um, to the Celestial Toymaker. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. So we know he's going to be there. He's going to be the big bad. Uh, we also know that we are going to see the um, 14th Doctor. I mean, the 14th Doctor, um, of course we're going to see the 14th Doctor, we're going to see the 14th Doctor uh, regenerate into Shutigawa as 15th Doctor. We don't know how or as to uh, why yet. We just know that uh, he's going to regenerate and that's it. He's gone and there is going to be the 15th Doctor. Uh, and then we're, we're going to go to the Christmas special um, later this year, obviously. Um and then it's you know Shooty's going to be the new Doctor. It's really exciting and it's it's really interesting to see as to where the show will go next. Um, we know we're going to get Mel in this episode. We're going to see her, an old companion of the um, sixth and seventh Doctor, uh, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy. Um, I haven't really watched many episodes of their run, so I've never actually seen Mel in action. So for me, this will be brand new, uh, my first experience to Mel. So I'm quite excited for that. Um, but yeah, we don't actually. Apart from that, we don't really know a lot. All we know is that it's going to be, um, like, different. And I know I said that about Wild Blue Yonder, but this one is going to be different from what I've seen in Doctor Who magazine and what I've seen from, like, the trailers and stuff like that. I feel like this is going to be like a musical. I feel like this is going to be a sort of musically sort of thing. Because you've got Sister Torment, you've got Neil Patrick Harris, who has sort of uh, experience on the stage, doing musicals and stuff like that. I feel like, yeah, this is going to be like a musical. There's going to be moments where he sings, he dances, it's going to be crazy. And like, he's having fun. He's Sister Torment. He can do anything. Obviously, I had a theory of these specials before they, were, before they came out, when we only saw the trailer. And my theory was that the reason why the 14th Doctor is back as... David Tennant, why that doctor ha now has that doctor's face. Um, and why Donna's come back is I thought it was a big game by, by the Celestial Toymaker. I basically hinted at this in my last episode, uh, but just to kind of recap, uh, my theory was that the Celestial Toymaker is kind of like a fan and that he's been watching the Doctor ever since uh, he defeated him. And he's just been biding his time and watching the Doctor on his adventures. Kind of like a fan, really, like me or you watching the Doctor on TV. Um, and it's finally decided... Uh, he's going to um, bring back the old favourites, bring back uh, his old, you know, you know, we say his favourite doctor, bring back his favourite companion, and also have a moment where that doctor can go through struggle and go through um, 
uh, a lot of pain because he has done in the last two episodes. He's gone through the struggle. He's gone through the pain. He's gone through the realization that he might lose his best friend. Uh, his realization that he, because of the flux, he doesn't know who he is anymore. What, uh, where he comes from. He's not Gallifreyan and not that. He's got a lot of things he's got to ask and question, and these are going to be the questions that will be answered moving forwards with Doctor Who. Um, so this Doctor, as well as this Doctor's also got problems with the fact of what he did to Donna and how he's had, to, he's had to make up for that and how he's trying to make up for that and so on and so forth. So I feel like this Doctor came back for a reason and I felt like the social toy, toy maker was that reason. Again, that still could be true because we haven't seen the episode. It might still be the fact of, oh, I would like the social toy maker might say to the Doctor, I'm the reason why this face is back. I, I'm the one that uh, brought you back and that this all this whole universe these specials could all generally just be the celestial toy makers pocket universe and that this is all just him having fun and that him just playing a game with the doctor tormenting the doctor you know what i mean where like the first episode was was the doctor returns and he had to deal with the fact of um i feel like i've just hit onto it now i've just had a, had a brainwave oh god this is this is actually really interesting okay so what if the first episode is bringing back sort of the Doctor as the Dave Tent's face as a new Doctor. Uh, brings him back. He has now meets Donna. And now he has to reflect on the fact of what that means by him seeing Donna. And, and um, the fact of um, if Donna remembers me, she'll die. And at the end of that episode, as we know, um, the Doctor is, is able to um, bring the Doctor Donna back. Um, and also kind of apologizes for what he has to, he has to, to do. Um, and kind of finally face that thing that he'd been running away from for such a long time. These past 15 years of what happened to Dinah, only to finally be able to bring her back, bring back her memories, and she, and she lives. So that is resolved. And that in Wall Blue Yonder, um, we get a moment where you get the blanks, the, the copies of Dinah and the Doctor, and they both have a, turn, a time to reflect on the 15 years they've been apart. You learn more about what Dinah's been doing in the past 15 years. You know what the, obviously we know what the Doctor's been doing in the past 15 years, but one thing that we didn't get to see is his thoughts and feelings of the past 15 years. And it's that sort of, it's like therapy. The Wobbly Yonder is basically therapy. It was, a, it was like counselling. It was a way for the Doctor to look in, inwards, a Doctor and Dinah to look inwards in themselves and a kind of way of, of quasi way of project projection through the blanks as they know what you know, but they're more open about it and, and they talk about it. It's a way to kind of talk to yourself, kind of like the Spider-Man thing where they point at each other, that sort of thing. Where it's like, so Wobbly Under was therapy where a lot of questions, things are answered that we need questions to and the things that doctor refuses to talk about. Um, so first episode is sort of, um, where the doctor sort of reconciles what he did wrong and he admits that he did wrong and he makes up for it. The second episode is like therapy and this end episode, I don't know what it could be. This could be like the, the big thing where like uh, the doctor finally sort of answers for what he has done and makes up for it. Um, and finally his final sort of goodbye, final apology is the fact of um, it's time, it's time for me to, to go like I, I've done kind of like um, you know what this idea with ghosts where ghosts the reason why we have ghosts is because they have unfinished business basically that is the fact of this doctor had unfinished business things that he never got to resolve because he had he ran out of time and that's maybe what this doctor is it's a ghost it's a shell it's a fact of it's it's the 14th doctor but it's not it's it's a it's a ghost 
and that uh, it's it's come back to sort of right the wrongs that that face had and now that it's written the wrongs it has no longer a purpose anymore um it's done everything it needs to do and then he regenerates into shooting again I don't know. Maybe I've hit, hit onto something there. Maybe I've tried to dive into Russell T. Davis's mind, but it's, it's an interesting um, hypothesis. It's 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 an it's an interesting one. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the one thing I do want to mention before I get into my in, into my final thoughts is the fact of there are leaks out there. Um, I have already had the leaks ball for me because somebody told me um, uh, th- these leaks. Um, not their fault they wasn't to know they didn't know they were leaks they were just they thought it was was a news article um but i won't talk about what the leaks are because again if these leaks are true it might spoil the episode for everybody um i don't want to believe them um but if they are true um then yeah i'll I'll talk about it tonight i'll talk about it tonight i don't want to talk about it at the moment i don't want to spoil anything but just be wary there have been leaks floating around so do your best to um because i'm sure they'll ramp up today i'm sure they'll ramp up today so try your best to stay away from them as best you can um but yeah uh or talk about those leaks but i i part of me doesn't want them to be true but if they are true then they are but i talk about it tonight um but overall my overall thoughts of what this episode could be about um i'm overall feelings really is the fact i'm i'm like well beyond that, I'm excited. I'm still excited. I've still kept the faith. I've still kept the love of Doctor Who. It's still there. I still can't wait to see um, what happens. I can't wait to see the Celestial Toymaker finally after 60 years and see Neil Patrick Harris. I can't wait to see um, the uh, Shutigawa. I want to see how his Doctor is. I, I want just to... Because we, we've getting small like one to two second snippets on like in, in, in sizzle reels that have been released um recently we get a little snippets of five where he looks or he smiles or he runs and blah blah, blah. but i just want to get a feel of, of his dark day usually you can if you can get a feel of of the dark day you realize if that doctor is for you and i just want to see if he if he's a doctor for me i'll watch it anyway but i just want to see what kind of doctor he is you know how he plays him so i'm, I'm really excited for that um and obviously, like I said, Mel, I never really got to properly experience Mel, so it's going to be fun to experience that with fresh eyes, with no expectations whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited basically, and I know basically looking at my timer, I've just been talking for 26 minutes. I know I said I was going to do a short introduction. Um, I lied. I do apologise. Um, but yeah, the review mostly will be a lot shorter. But I, I overall, my my thoughts and feelings is that I'm excited. And that the giggle is going to be fun and it's going to be bombastic and crazy, I am sure. You, you you don't get Neil Patrick Harris to play the Celestial Toymaker if you're not going to be bombastic and crazy and, and like a musical or odd, weird, wonderful pizzazz, huzzah, you know, sort of thing. You don't bring in a, a, an actor like him if you're not going to do anything like that. Um, so whatever it is that, that they do. We will see tonight at 6.30. Um, if you're in America, the episode more than likely is probably on Disney+. Plus. So um, if you like me and you watch live, the review's coming now. Um, or if you've watched it on Catch Up, I um, hope you enjoyed it. And you're watching, you listen to this later. You're catching up to this later, by all means, fine. Um, but I'm going to go off now and tiddle my thumbs until later. But for you, it's going to be my review of The Giggle. So... Allons-y.
Right, so my lovely, wonderful, beautiful beans, I have finished the giggle. Uh, we'll tell a lie, I finished it a while ago. As I said, I was going to go off and um, watch Doctor Who Unleashed first um, before I did rubber recording because I felt like it helped a lot, especially when I did it for last week's episode of All Beyond that we've been able to go into these reviews and write my reviews, my, my notes really quickly, and to go in with a bit more clarity helps to have the, the reviews to be a lot more smoother. But it is finished now. I, I've watched The Giggle, um, and honestly, hands up in the air, it is one of the best Doctor Who episodes I have seen in a very very long time it is up there being with one of the best um completely in, in so many uh different ways like i was crying so much whereas like in in wobbly yonder i was so in shock that i couldn't get the tears out i knew i was emotional i knew i was sad i knew i wanted to feel something but i was so shocking awe in what i was seeing i could not believe what I was seeing, if that makes sense. I was just, I just, I couldn't fathom it. So my body, my brain was like, you're on your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I wasn't able to properly articulate my emotions in terms of crying and weeping and being sad. I was just like, oh, what? Um, but with this one, it all came crashing to a head and I was in tears so much. And yet there was so many uh, twists and turns and fake outs, which we we will talk about the big fake out. If you've seen the episode, you know what I mean. Um, but there were so many twists and turns and, and the tears came with them and there was joy, happiness. And genuinely, my, my initial thoughts, if you want my first initial opinion, and then you're not going to listen to the rest of the episode. If you just want to hear my first initial thoughts is I loved it. Absolutely loved it and enjoyed it. As I've said, one of the best episodes of Doctor Who I've seen in a very, very long time. It's not just the fact of because it was David Tennant. Him being there helps. Of course it does. But what Russell was able to do here, Russell T. Davis, what he was able to write here and, and to put onto screen, really greatly articulates and, and translates the 21st century, the current modern day age of that we live in now onto screen. Um and I love that. And I thought it was very clever, very smart, and um, a lot of fun. I... Russell's always had this incredible ability to so easily translate the 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 world into um, a form of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, in, into a form of art, whether it be through It's a Sin, through Doctor Who, through all his other stuff that he's done. He just has a great way of, of translating the, the now and the past to make it feel present and real and alive. You know, and I think he, he's, he's a... He, I, it, I was inspired when he came back and it's still an inspired choice now. I know there'll be people out there who disagree with me, but Russell being back in Doctor Who is probably one of the best things that's, that's happened to it in a very, very long time. And it, it shows it with this episode. If anything, Wall Blue Yonder and, and the the Star Beast, they were layups. They were just like, I'm warming up. I ain't even started yet. And this is where it, it goes off with a bang. And yeah, my initial thoughts is is wonderful. Uh, wonderful. Absolutely loved it. It was um, incredible. Um, 
but obviously you you haven't just come for my initial thoughts you've come for a bit more in depth and i promise there will be a bit more in depth there's a lot to talk about with this episode so first and foremost obviously i've got to talk about neil patrick harris as the celestial toy maker again it was everything that i wanted from his portrayal i mentioned in, in the introduction that i wanted a um count olaf type um celestial toy maker and we get that in spades um and you know from watching doctor unleashed and i noticed it as well on screen um that they really took the character of celestial toy maker and really kept it the way um the character was in terms of how it was you know um it, it's so fascinating what they decided to do with his character and, and how Patrick basically ran with the character, how that he's constantly changing his accent. He's playing around with cultures. He's, he's um, cultural appropriation is the word for it, how he was constantly changing it from English to German to, to, to American. And he was changing the accents around and they were really um, playing up the character because again, the the idea of the Celestial Toy Maker is that the Celestial Toy Maker is a racist character from the sixties, um, and I thought that they were going to step away from that, but no, Russell he really leaned into it and was like, look, this guy is evil, this guy is cruel, horrible, mean, um, and it's going to play in towards that. Uh, I'm kind of glad they did because it, it plays to the strength not just of the character, but um, Neil Patrick Harris did a fantastic job with it. That really you love to hate him. He is an evil, vindictive person who, is, who gleefully kills somebody. He's a murderer. He'll kill somebody while laughing. But the same stage is the fact that he'll pull you in, like a toy maker, like an entertainer would. Pulls you in, gets you hooked, um, and then does atrocities and shocks you, then pulls you back in again. And, and you needed somebody like Neil Patrick Harris to really, who can, who can do performances, who can do big, brash, huge, out of this world, out of this universe type characters, as well as uh, really hone in when need to, being able to one-on-one, be able to do group things, as well as Neil Patrick Harris. Um, well, I'm just going to call him Neil. It's so much easier than saying his full name. But Neil can also, you know, he's a magician. He knows how to do card tricks. He knows how to do puppetry and things like that. He is a, a trickster, a prankster. He is a performer at heart, not just uh, basically in performing of acting. He is generally a performer. He can perform. Um, and in this, you do get that. You know, Neil Patrick... Uh, just Neil. Just Luke, just Neil. Okay. Neil uh, dances in this. He, well, says sings. He lip sings. But so he, he, he dances this. He dances to the Spice Girls. Spice of your life. Da, 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 da. I'm never going to be able to hear to that, listen to that song any and not see the scene where that first pops up ever again now. Um, but you, we do get... A celestial toy maker that's proper from the 60s um there's no whitewashing it's generally like this is the toy maker this is who it is it's an evil character from the 60s and it plays on that and it, it does it's handled really really well i'm not doing it any justice it's one of those that when you watch the episode and then you watch doctor unleashed and you and you listen to russell um explain it it makes a lot more sense but neil he does a fantastic job with Celestial Toymaker, and I had a lot of fun with him. And it did feel like Count Olaf. It, it, he, he was having fun, but he was being very mischievous, and he was being very evil and um, cruel. And again, he, he does kill people, and he is. He, well, you don't see it. Well, you do actually see it, but he, he kills people. But it's very much the fact of, oh well, because he, he's a celestial being. He, he, he's like a god. You know this. The idea that. Um, people's lives creatures lives are nothing to him it's just the fact of uh, what's a life you know, a way of keeping meat fresh you know, to quote the ninth doctor um 
so to him that's all it is really he's like oh just life all right it's all about a game but by chance their luck ran out but you must have some luck let's play a game you know let's it's kind of like jigsaw in a way kind of like you know the 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 doll um and the guy who does jigsaw obviously um it's very much like that it's it's a game to him and again neil does portrays that absolutely fantastically um and again we we get moments with uh, the 10th doctor and uh, the toy maker as well as we get proper moments between dinah and the doctor again which is what we wanted we wanted them to finally come together and 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 talk sit down and talk because this is the not a problem but it is kind of a problem with the 10th doctor is the fact of granted with matt smith pick Capaldi, jody whitaker as they progressed um, on their stories and journey they got better at being emotive they got better at, at sharing their feelings and being open and honest um, and admitting when things were wrong but David Tennant's doctor was always the fact of oh, I'll be alright oh, anyway let's go run off down a corridor or don't worry about it I'll tell you later that sort of thing Like he, he never he emoted sometimes but most of the time when he did emote when he got sad he was on his own the times that he wasn't on his own, he quickly went, he's like, he just like sucked it all back into him. It's like, oh, yeah, well, well, yeah, no time for tears. Next adventure. Um, and he he never allowed himself to emote. So finally, with these episodes, we finally get that doctor to, to open up, basically, to put, look, you've been through a lot of stuff in the last 15 years and all the other stuff you've been through in your past your generations. Never once have have you stopped to really to stop at all you know even when you've stopped you don't sit still you know you 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 can't see needing to do something you know and um finally get that moment between the doctor and donna where they could just stop and to talk and those were the moments that made me cry the most because it was i was happy because the doctor was opening up because the doctor never really opens up and when they do it's that moment of like this person's been through a lot of mental trauma. I've spoke about it before when I re- when I reviewed um, the Ninth Doctor, uh, his series, and I, I pl- implore you please go go back and check that episode out. But I talk about it in that with the fact of the time war really, well, lack of better words, screwed the Doctor up, messed him up, um, and he was never allowed at any moment to really like he. To, to get counselling, to get therapy, to sit and talk to anybody, he just had his way of dealing with it is just keep moving, keep moving on, and we we see spe- speckles and little bits of hints here and there as the series has gone on. Of like, I never forget. I remember every single everybody who died. I, I remember every all the numbers, every person, every name. I haven't forgotten it. I haven't forgotten every single companion. I've never forgotten everything. It might seem like I've forgotten things and I don't care, but I remember every single thing. And you've got to imagine. And I'm getting emotional now. You can probably hear my voice. You've got to imagine. Yes, he's a time lord. He, you know, he 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 lives generations and generations. He's a thousand years old. But just get rid of that. He he is a being. He he is a life form with feelings, with emotions. No matter how long you live, no matter how strong you are, eventually it's going to come crashing down. And if you're constantly going from one place to the next, where you're watching civilizations die and crumble, you're watching friends and family die um you're watching um, loved ones grow old without you and you you can do nothing but watch them um whittle away and die it gets to the point where you know you you break down and and you're not allowed to cry because you're like well 
I haven't got time to cry because if I cry, if I get sad and you know, emotional, another universe, uh, another planet dies. So I haven't got the time to cry because people are out there dying who need me, you know. And it, it's it's again emotionality you can tell because it, it it means that the doctor can finally properly sit down and admit that they're not okay. And that's really good for people who struggle with mental health is the fact of you need to sit down, to slow down, to stop. But look, I'm not okay. I've I've been through a lot. I need a friend. And that's what finally he gets with Donna is the fact that he gets the chance to sit down and like, look, I've been through a lot of stuff since we last met. My whole life I've been running. I don't know what to do. And it's lovely. You know, and I'm getting emotional again because those were the things that I was running through my mind as I was watching this was the fact that the doctor just needs someone to talk to. And he has Donna, and it's lovely, you know. I'm getting emotional again. That's, whew, okay. You know, so that was really, really nice. It was. Um, but that also sort of le- leans into my next point that I want to talk about is the fact of we get a new, we get, as we know, we get a new generation um, new regeneration, shall I say, with uh, this episode. And we finally get to see Shutikawa as um, the 15th Doctor, which I will gladly, happily talk about him very, very soon. But I want to hone in this one point because there's a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, but we get that regeneration, and here's me crying, and I'm sitting there going, okay, here we go. Like, even though I know it's coming, and he's, he's already regenerated once, um, I'm sitting there crying my eyes out thinking I don't want to say goodbye I've, I've just I've said goodbye to him 15 years ago and then to get him back and then say goodbye to him again was quite upsetting so I started crying again and then um he's regenerating I'm like okay see you later bye you know I'm saying goodbyes and then he stops regenerating and he's sitting there and he's looking around and like you've got he's got Mel to his left he, he's got Donna to his right and he, he's He's looking around, and they're both looking like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I, I, 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 I don't know." Um, and then he gets up. He's like, "Pull me!" And so they pull him. Mel and and Donna they pull him, and it's and also it was nice to know that he had two friends next to him when he was um, regenerating because usually he does it on his own. So to have two people next to him, um, re- just kind of saying goodbye to him, two people from his present and from his past was was quite lovely but they pull him and then we have the we have the bio regeneration which is a new thing that um in the in the who law that russell t davis brought up and i think it's a wonderful idea that you know it was thought as thought of a myth but this idea that you know the doctor can split themselves in two um so instead of regenerating it can keep the set the old body the set the old face but also split themselves in two and there's another uh doctor there's another version of themselves with a different face and different body. And that's what's happened here with, with the 14th Doctor and the 15th Doctor. Um, and I, I love that. I, I love that idea. And that um, and what it... It also leaves a question of, well, what does that mean now? Because this this is the this, this is the thing that we're left with, right? So they, they're split into two. They defeat the Toy Maker in a very wonderful way, in a very wonderful fashion, with tons of cryptic um, things about what could come next, which, again, I will talk about in a minute. Um, uh, and then they have these moments. And then once they've done it, it's a fact of, well, me as the viewer, you're left with the question of, 
well, what does this mean? You know, do we have two doctors? Do they go off and, and travel together? Um, what will happen? And we do get some answers. Like, for example, because the toy maker was in that realm, that he's still his essence, shall we say. He's still there. He's, his game is still... Um, going on it hasn't stopped playing yet and because both doctors won um shooty ends up picking up a mallet out of the ground and use and hits the tardis and the tardis goes and then another tardis like a copy of that tardis flies out and then a copy of the tardis is made and you've got the 14th doctor just absolutely confused and bewildered and he goes into this new copy of the tardis and it's exactly the same only thing that's different is that it's got a jukebox um and he co- he goes out and he goes back into his TARDIS and it's like very much that it's 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 a copy, um, and then we have a moment where the fifteenth uh, Doctor shooting, he goes off, he gets into his TARDIS and the other Doctor's like where is he? And he's like no he's not running off and he runs in with Dino. He's like don't get running off because I I know that that's what I do, uh, and he goes no oh, no I wouldn't and he gives David a hug and he gives Dino a hug and he's like all right kids time to go now get out. I've got a whole universe to see. His fresh, young face, young body, young life. And the Doctor, you know, he he goes off. And it leaves the 14th Doctor and Donna and Mel um, to, like, just leave them there. And it's kind of a nice little moment for the David Tennant and for the 14th Doctor to be like, I'm, I'm, I really get to see this. I really get to see my own TARDIS um, deapparate in, in front of me. Um, That's quite nice, really. And then we get a lovely shot where... David Tennant, uh, the 14th Doctor, is with Donna, Sylvia, um, Rose, D- Donna, not Rose Rose, Donna's daughter Rose, uh, as well as Donna's husband. Wilfred is off shooting moles, but he's, he's the, the 14th Doctor likes the moles, he loves the moles, so he's give the moles force fields, so um, it's it's they don't die, which is lovely. Um, and you've got his TARDIS in the background, and he's, he's it's lovely because... What this means, because it's meant. This is one of the reasons why I'm glad I watched Doctor Unleashed because it gives you an answer. Bef- like it gave me an answer to something that I was asking a question to, and it kind of reaffirms something for me. Is the fact of, you know, he mentions Rusty Davis himself mentions that this is David's stopping point, and that for him, not just for David, but for his Doctor and for because David Tennant's Doctor, the Fourteenth Doctor is basically the stopping point of... Um, this is not what David says. It's, it's my interpretation. So basically, David says this is the stopping point for David, right? But my interpretation of what Russell said is the fact of... And I might be wrong, because, again, I don't know. This is this is me being sort of uh, fan theory right now. Is the fact of David is the final... Shall we say he's the create the the. Uh, curator from the last um, special where we met to meet the fourth doctor again tom baker the creator think of it like that where it's kind of the fact of david tennant the 14th doctor is the final stop shall we say in the line of this doctors for all the way from hartnell all the way up to the 14th doctor that is one huge timeline that we can go back and watch with the classics and the revival and the movie um, and all the specials and big finish and all the wonderful things that Doctor Who has been been up until this point, including the books and, and all other forms of stories. So that's where it ends. It ends with him. He is the last of that timeline. As for Shooty, 
Shooty is now the new Doctor. He is the Doctor. And even though he's the 15th Doctor, you can think of him as Doctor One. As the first Doctor now in this new sort of generation that goes forwards. And anything from Shooty onwards will be... You know, it will still be the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th Doctor. But to me, as a fan, and I guess if other fans want to take this on as well, but for me, Shooty will be Doctor 1, then whoever comes after that will be Doctor 2, then 3, then 4, then 5, then 6, then 7, then 8, for the next 60 years until we do this all over again. You know what I mean? When I'm an old man. And I'm looking forward to that. I'll be in my 80s. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be in my 80s, god damn it. Oh, well, hopefully I'm still around. Um, <laughs> but what this means is that the 14th Doctor is in retirement. Uh, that he is kind of, after everything that's happened to him, all the years through the classic series uh, and and through the revival, he's in retirement now. He's allowed to basically hang up the tie, hang up the bow tie, hang up the, the, the scarf, as we say, um, of the Doctor. And that the legend has, has been passed on. The, the, the title of Doctor has been passed on to the new Doctor. And that this Doctor is going to rest. It's it basically going into retirement. Now, not we're not to say that if David uh, or Russell wanted to, which I'm sure both of them would want to, not to say that they couldn't come back in a special or that David couldn't, his Doctor couldn't show up in the, un, in the unit spin-off that I'm about doing. Who's to, who's to say, for example? You know, like at the, in this, you know... Um, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart offers Donna a job and Donna takes it in unit. So, you know, there is always that possibility of him showing up. But I think this is the stopping point, that we might see him in specials and we might see him, uh, you know, on the on the rare odd occasion. But I feel like this Doctor, uh, it's the end of David. It's the end of this. It, it's, the, it's the retirement years. And granted, there's hints that him and Rose have gone off on, on adventures to Mars and things like that, and Donna's not very too happy about it. So there are hints to that. But I don't... Uh, for me personally, I think I would rather leave him here. Like, bring him up in specials here and there. Okay, fine, because he's still there. You're going to have to. This is, this is the issue that sort of the MCU is going to have to deal with now whenever they talk about Captain America, because we still have old man Steve Rogers somewhere in the MCU at the, at the moment. Uh, where is he? We don't know. So eventually we're going to get that problem here in the Doctor Who universe is the fact of, well, you know, I know Shooty's there, but is the 14th Doctor going to pop up? Like He's not in an alternate universe. He's in this universe. I thought it was going to be two separate universes. I thought this was going to be a huge game by the, by the toy maker. This whole, all these specials were going to be one big pocket universe and that the 14th Doctor was going to stay in this pocket universe that the a celestial toy maker had made because he's happy and he wants to stay there. And the, this new doctor was would would potentially go off into the new universe, um, or even the fact of you know he regenerates and decides to stay in this new universe that that the um, celestial toy maker has made. There, there were many theories that I had and there were many theories going around, but I like what they what they've done here, where they've basically put this doctor, this old doctor into retirement and they've let the new one run off and go on at new adventures. And I think that's, it's a very lovely thing, but it also brings into my hypothesis, which I can now say is a theory because it's been proven right factually um, in this episode. So you might've realized in the introduction that I had a hypothesis that I had a, a brainwave that basically these three episodes was kind of like therapy for 
not just the the viewer but for the doctor primarily the doctor but also Doctor and Donna, because um, in episode one we had the Doctor redeeming his mistake with Donna, his biggest mistake. He got to redeem himself. He got to make things right, and he got to bring he got to set, bring Donna back, bring back all of her memories. Um, because he said himself many times, "It killed me to do what I did to you, Donna. I never would have wanted to do that, and I had to do that, and it killed him. And it it did. It, as we've as I mentioned before, it did kill him, and he regenerated, and he went on, um, and." He was given the chance in the Star Wars episode one to redeem himself, to redeem the wrong that he had did, to give Donna back her life. Um, so, and as we see in the Star Wars, she wasn't happy with her life that she got, and now to finally have her memories back, she is complete again. So, episode one is the redemption. Episode two was therapy for the Doctor, reflecting on who they are now, how far the Doctor has come, not just in the fifteen years, but who they are as a person after the flux after um what happened to amy and rory what happened to bill what happened to clara what happened to all the other companions what happened to uh, all the stuff in the classical era actually even mentioned they mentioned the the adric you know from Earthshock, uh, legopolis i never thought they'd ever mention adric but he does he mentions it he remembers him um in in this episode, in in the fir- in the third episode, in the giggle, um, but still, it's that very much so. Is like episode two was the therapy, it was the counselling, it was the intervention, it was what the doctor needed to talk not just to himself, but also to talk to Donna, to talk to his best mate, to be like, look, I'm not well, I'm not good, I, I haven't stopped running, I- I'm going to get myself emotional again, I'm still running i'm running away from my problems i'm running away from my past i've never ever like even it, it takes me back to peter capaldi when bill basically questions him of like have you ever killed somebody and you've just got him sitting there going i am like i think i'm I trying to remember the quote now so i'm i'm gonna misquote um but it was some kind of the lines of like i'm fifteen thousand years old and in all that time i have never been given the i've never had the um the pleasure um of being out of of uh, this uh, being angry you know being upset i've never been allowed that pleasure that everybody else gets to to have that i have to just keep moving on because if i don't i'm going to explode you know and it's not just i'm not just making this up this is something that you can realize if you've watched doctor who all these years not just in 60 years if you've been watching it since the revival these are things that have been thrown out here and there it's been mentioned in the books. It's mentioned in the in the show that the Doctor has never been allowed the pleasure of unrest, he to, or even the pleasure to rest. He's never been allowed to do anything other than, "Or oh, I've got to keep going because if I don't go, I'm going to crumble. And if I crumble, the rest of the world and universe falls. I am the pillar that's holding up the universe. I've got to keep going." And there are moments where he falters a bit. But it never lasts long because he, he he knows he can't, you know. So episode two was the therapy, the reflection with his best mate, with somebody he loves and trusts completely, um, who understands him as much as he understands himself because he she had his memories. She is or she was the Doctor Donna. Um, so to have that therapy in episode two was much needed for him. And episode three, which was the conclusion that the Doctor needed to and deserves to rest that at the end of this episode Donna basically says to him like look you've never stopped you've never ever 
stopped. I've seen it. I've had your memories. You never once have you stopped. And then to finally to be taught and, and Donna was getting through to him, but I feel like no matter how much Donna tried, it never worked. But it wasn't until and this bit made me cry. Um of all loads of parts that made me cry, this is the part that made me cry the most was the part of um that the one person that the doctor would listen to the most would be himself. The problem is the doctor doesn't listen to himself because no matter how many times he tells himself to stop, he keeps going. Whereas he now has the opportunity to talk to the fifteenth shot, to talk to Shooty. Shooty is him, he is Shooty. They both know each other. They both they both are each other. Um so he can't lie to himself. And it's that moment where, where Shooty basically holds him and like you've got David crying on his shoulder. And it's very much a very sort of mental health sort of uh, moment. It's very positive for a moment where like it's that inner reflection of, of oneself hugging um, the younger self, the older version of yourself. It's very weird when it comes to Time Lords. But have this moment where you, uh, where the, the, the Doctor, Shooty, tells the 14th Doctor, it's okay, you, you can slow down, you can stop. And I think hearing those words or the final sort of, not nail in the coffin, but the final thing he needed to hear where it was like, it's okay. It, it's okay to to not keep running. You can slow down. I will do the running. You you rest. Take your time. Um, let's spend time with your friends, spend time with Donna, that sort of thing. And that's what he does. Um, and that's what I want. That's what I want for this doctor because this doctor is... The is the first doctor, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and fourteenth. Um, that the reason why he regenerated into the fourth, fifth, uh, tenth doctor's face was because it was the face that he needed to be in order to rest, because it was the face that <laughs> that ran the hardest, that um went through so much and just needed to rest now people might might sort of disagree with that people might say oh no capaldi went through worse or uh tom baker colin baker um uh, paul mcgann sylvester mccoy hartnell you know you we could we could go through all the doctors and say any one of them deserved this face and this moment and all of them deserved rest um but i think it's just nice to finally get that rest uh, it it was it's nice it really really is um, and also again we have with Shooty as well moving back to sort of just wrapping up nicely um, we get to see Shooty Goa he's now the fifteenth Doctor and he does a wonderful job I didn't think we was going to see as much as him as we do he regenerates and he's wearing a shirt um, uh, sh- sh- uh, shoes um, socks but no trousers just wearing pants and a scarf. I mean, not scarf, um, a tie. Um, but he, he works it off brilliantly. Um, he's kind of like the fact of, yeah, I've got no trousers on, but it's like he doesn't embossy it. It doesn't phase him. It's like he's, he's like, that's the norm. That's what we all wear. Like, he, he wears it so well. He's got a big smile, great laugh. Um, how he, how he, again, we don't get, even though we get, we see a lot of him, you still, he's not, we haven't seen him in the proper adventure of his own yet. So we haven't seen how he comes out to his own person, his own self yet. That being said, what we do get and and see is very, very wonderful Um, indeed. And I I love that. I I do. Um, He does a fantastic job. and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does next. Like I said, he is now going to be the new sort of beacon of Doctor Who. He's him 
and anybody else that comes after him, whether it be um, a man or a woman, doesn't matter what comes next, he is the first for this generation of Doctor Who. For the next 60 years, he will be Doctor One, and he will be sort of the Hartnell of our, of this generation's Doctor Who. And I think it's a very wonderful thing and idea. Um, and we got to see a hint at the Christmas special. We got to hear um, the um, goblins uh, sing their little goblin song. And we got to see um, Shooty looks like he was in a nightclub with a kilt on. And that's, he meets Ruby Sunday, um, which I still can't get over the, the name Ruby Sunday. It sounds like an ice cream. So I can't. I'm never going to not be able to think of that whenever I hear a name. But that's what her name is. So fair enough. Um, but we get sort of the Goblin King and goblins, and it's very Christmassy. And uh, we don't see Santa, but you know we get goblins. Um, so yeah, overall it's wonderful. There was something else I was going to mention because I was talking about it, and I said I'm going to talk about that later. But I don't know if I've talked about it or not. I can't remember. I got so emotional with those other parts. I think I, <laughs> I think I missed it. Um, no, I can't remember what it was. I do apologise. Hopefully I mentioned it or brought it up somewhat. Um, yeah, I, like, one of the upsides is that I could go back after finishing this and, and listen to what I said. and be like, Oh, God, you idiot. That's what you wanted to talk about. Um, but once it's out there, I can't do it. But if, if I can't remember it, it probably wasn't that important. And if you remember it and I didn't talk about it, then tweet me on Twitter and I'll, write my, I'll tell you my thoughts and feelings on it. Um, but overall, as I've, as I've said... This is one of the best Doctor Who episodes I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, it's it's absolutely lovely. Uh, again, I don't know what they're going to do, if I'm being honest, with um, the 14th Doctor. Like I said, I want them to retire him and kind of let him rest. Will they do that? I don't know. Um, I w- that was one thing I did want to talk about, um, is uh, the whole leak. The, obviously, the leak of the bioregeneration was leaked, um, and I heard about that already. And I, I wasn't, I didn't like the idea when I, when I read about it, because again, a leak, you don't get the full details, you only get a small amount. Um, but seeing it in person, on screen, I liked it, and it made sense, and it worked for me. But the, the thing is, the, the thoughts and ideas that was going through my head, as I was reading, well, I didn't want to read it, I was showing it by accident by a friend. Um, but the leak that I had, I, I was reading the, obviously, the idea is the fact of, you know, the Doctor was going to split in two, that he was going to have two different Doctors, that uh, one Doctor is going to live on while another Doctor goes and lives on and does adventures. And when my first thought was when I when I was reading that was the fact of I don't like it, but I can't wait to see it in person. But also the fact of I thought, well, that's how I've always seen Big Finish. Um, and let me explain. So Big Finish... I won't go into big detail, but Big Finish is, is a uh, studio that makes Doctor Who st- um, adventures, stories. They carry on the stories of classic Doctors and modern Doctors. And I've always seen Big Finish, in my opinion, as as the sort of... Um, the story might have ended, this Doctor might have regenerated, but the Doctor keeps living uh, in the stories that we tell. So that even though that I'm, I guess I'm trying to find a way to say, basically, when the Doctor regenerates, he regenerates, but he stay in one universe. He stays, for example, in one universe he stays Tom Baker, um, but in our universe he regenerates into uh, Peter Davison, 
right? And then Big Finish picks up and all the adventures that you hear in Big Finish are the adventures that he goes on um, when like, after that regeneration happens. He, he he goes off with other companions, other new companions or other companions or he goes on adventures that we didn't get to see and that's how i'd always seen big finish was the fact of any new adventures or any new sort of companions were adventures that the doctor went on um after the generation that so they kept living and going on um and that could still be the same for the 14th doctor like the 14th doctor could all fairness it probably get confusing for people who want to listen to the 10th doctor adventures and the 14th doctor's adventures um he could live on in Big Finish. Um, he could go on adventures with Rose and do wonderful things with with, with Rose. Um, go on adventures and bring Donna along and Sylvia and, and the like. Um, I don't know what they will decide to do, but I think I'm happy with how Doctor is at the moment. Um, I really enjoyed this episode and... This is probably going to be another long episode, and I do apologize. Like just in this review alone, I'm at 36 minutes and counting. So again, I do apologize, but I love Doctor. I really, really do. As as you can tell, it's one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite fandoms. It's one of my favorite worlds and characters, and I just love it all. And to now finally have the opportunity to go back onto BBC iPlayer and to watch all the classic episodes that I never got to watch because again, I miss them. So to go back and to watch all them and to kind of do the adventure all over again is is a wonderful experience, you know. So yeah, there's there's a there's a lot to come. Like I said, I'm going to cover the Christmas special, which comes out Christmas Day. Probably, in all fairness, I, I will be spending time with family, so I won't be recording Christmas Day. So you most likely you'll get it on the 26th or 27th um, of December. But I will be looking and reviewing um, the Christmas special with, for shooting. Um, so that will be coming as well. Next year, I've got plans to do a lot more Doctor Who stuff. We've still got to get through uh, the Ten and Rose books. So we've got to get through those. As well, I've got to review Ten and Rose uh, series um, two. Um, so I've got to get through that and finish it and review that. So we've got all that coming. As well as there's other stuff that I want to do. There's other sort of movies and other fun little things I have planned in terms of Doctor Who that I want to look at, the animation side of things and the TV show. And I don't want to give anything away, but I've got ideas of things that I want to look at as well as loads of sort of potentially, you know, looking into Big Finish, which scares the hell out of me because... Big Finish is huge, and I'd have no idea where to begin even talking about it and trying to break it down. But there's a lot of things I want to do in terms of Doctor Who. So um, get ready, because starting next year, there's a lot to cover. And Obviously, we're going to have Shooties run as well. So if anybody was worried that you know this would be the end of Doctor Who, for me, no sir, no sir, Rebarb. It's going, if anything, it's rammed up now. My love and passion for Who has been more rejuvenated than it than it was originally i'm excited for what the future holds i'm excited to see what shooty does i'm excited to read older books i'm excited to go delve deeper into uh, big finish Uh, i recently became a a huge lover of paul mcgann on big finish so i'm I'm going through a whole adventure with paul mcgann at the moment and it's absolutely wonderful he has such a gorgeous voice for um audio uh he's a gorgeous man in general but just have his voice it's like it's like chocolate mousse it's it's just wonderful and gorgeous and wow you know what i mean um but i will get on to, to gushing over uh paul mcgann at another date and time 
Uh, see what I did there, because Time Lord get it. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot to come in terms of Doctor Who, so no need to worry, no need to fret. I will still be covering tons and tons and tons of Doctor Who stuff into next year and into the following year. Basically, as long as I'm alive, I will talk about Doctor Who. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I'm just full of happiness and elation, and I'm just it's it's sad to see it end. But I know it's not the end because my favourite Doctor um, of the modern era, he's now resting with his best friend. He's happy as Larry. Um, and we now have a new Doctor to go off and to kind of light the way, to, to be sort of the light bearer, to be the uh, shining beacon of the title, the legend that is the Doctor um, moving forwards. And it's wonderful. What is then my the last thing that I want to end with is the fact of one of the wonderful things about fandom, no matter what fandom it is, whether it be something as big and old as Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, um, X Files, or you know something who that is just small um, and it's like a book series or a movie series or trilogy, whatever. No matter what it may be, if you're a fan of something, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing uh, to have. What's wonderful about it as well is the fact of the older something is, the more a client it is to change. And as humans, we don't like change, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay not to agree with something that somebody else likes or somebody else dislikes. That's fine. One of the things, though, is the fact of with a fandom that's as old as Doctor Who or Star Wars, any of those, is the fact of if you don't like anything that's being shown now, that's okay because you have the luxury to go back and to watch what came before um so at any moment uh that if anybody you know you don't like what they're doing with shooty uh, or if there's anything that you know this is not the who you liked that's okay that's okay to have those opinions there's nothing wrong with that um and you are free to go off and, and to watch the older who and if that's okay but i just what, what i'm trying to say is the fact of the wonderful thing about fandom is that we all have our own opinions. We all have our likes and dislikes, and we like these things, and we don't like, and we don't like those things. But we should all come together and just love the thing that we love, whether we agree or disagree. Just, just love. That's what I'm asking. Is the fact of no matter what, just come together and let's love who. Let's love Star Wars. Let's love fandom. Because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for us fans these things that we love wouldn't be around today. So on the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, the final special, which I know it's not the 60th anniversary, that was a couple of weeks ago, but it being the final episode of the 60th, as a fandom, let's set our differences aside and just go, look, we love Who, and no matter what, that, that can't be taken away from us. And that's what I want to say on it. Um, so Who is wonderful, I love Doctor Who. I love everything about it. I love all fandoms. And I think wherever we go next, I'm excited and I'm on board for it. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you very, very much for listening to me, uh, your host, Luke the Human, uh, for talking about The Giggle, the final special of the sixth anniversary. Hope you liked it. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're listening on youtube don't forget to leave a comment down to low, below i'd really really love to, to hear your thoughts and feelings um also um if you follow me on twitter at no pod 
let me know what you think there. You know, I I, I want to hear people's thoughts and feelings on this episode because generally it was lovely. And um, I want to bask in that wonderful loveliness with, with other people, other fandoms. So, um, yeah, let me know what, what your thoughts and feelings are. I can't wait to hear them. And, um, yeah, I will catch you in the next one. And finally, for the last time, allons -y.